the very first episode of the Riffle Shuffle and Roll podcast. This episode is brought to you in part by our Clubhouse members over on Patreon. We especially want to pay homage to the Clubhouse Godfather, Brandon S. You old son of a gun, you are awesome. Here we are focused on tabletop gaming, but more specifically, classic gaming with cards, dice, and dominoes. Riffle Shuffle and Roll started out as a YouTube channel focusing on how to play different games. The podcast will be building on that. In every episode of the podcast, we will be doing a deep dive into different game families or specific games themselves. If it's your first time hearing the show, please consider leaving a review because it will seriously help the show get noticed by others with the same interest. As mentioned before the show, we'd like to give a huge thank you and a slight bow to Brandon S. Riffle, Shuffle, and Roll's very first Clubhouse member on Patreon. You shall now and forever be known as the Godfather. Many of you may not be familiar with Patreon, but it is a way for us here at Riffle, Shuffle, and Roll to build a community around the greatest hobby in the world, games. The Clubhouse is where you can stay ahead of the curve by getting access to our vlog series, Shoot the Moon. This is a special show put together for Clubhouse members only, giving them a behind-the-scenes look at Riffle, Shuffle, and Roll. Club members also play a part in choosing which games are covered. They do this by voting each and every month. All of that is awesome, but coolest of all is the fact that the Clubhouse is where you can go to meet others in the classic gaming community. We're able to hang out and chat in the Clubhouse Discord channel, add each other as friends on on all the different gaming apps we play, and participate in club events. I am going to be organizing club tournaments for all the classic games, like Hearts and Gin and Euchre. Just as importantly though, the Clubhouse is a way for you to support the channel. As the Clubhouse grows, Riffle Shuffle and Roll will become bigger and better, and we will be able to create even more content. If you enjoy this podcast and want even more episodes, head on over to the Clubhouse and check it out. There are four different levels of membership ranging from just $1 a month to $20 per month. Each level has its own perks and each level is a big help to our efforts. It's patreon.com slash riffle shuffle and roll. And the link will be in the episode notes. It was another jam packed month for games on the YouTube channel. We did a dive further into Euchre with a look at my favorite version of the game, Bid. If you like Turnip, but are looking for a better challenge, you may want to check it out. We also learned how to play three-player Bid Euchre. This is a fun way to play the classic trick-taking game when you just can't find a fourth player. We also introduced the Ghost Hand rule. We kicked off what will be a long-running exploration of Rummy games. Indian Rummy and Continental Rummy are both featured and are both very fun alternatives to classic Rummy 500. Finally, we published our most entertaining dice game yet. While most dice games tend to leave players sitting and watching and waiting for their turn, aces will keep your attention through the whole game. The constant passing of the dice and the hot potato play element of not being the last one to place a dice in the center make it a true party game. And we highly recommend it. You can check out any of those videos on the Riffle Shuffle and Roll YouTube channel. 
All right, let's dive into our main topic for today's episode. Rummy. Our first family of games that we'll be diving into is the Rummy family. On the podcast, we will be focusing on the history of games or game types, exploring the gameplay mechanics involved, and taking the time to learn the game-specific vocabulary. There are a ton of different Rummy games out there, but the gameplay piece that pulls them all into the same family is meld building. What is meld building? There are two different types of melds, runs and sets. A run is a set of three or more cards that are the same suit and are in sequential order, like two, three, four of spades. A set is a three or four of a kind, so like three aces or four nines. Rummy is a truly American creation. Not the United States, really, but the American continents. Just as in other aspects of culture, card games made their way over to the Americas and found themselves adopted and transformed. Meld building can find its roots in a Chinese game called Kan Hu. It is really amazing to think how card games and cards themselves traveled and evolved around the entire world. To go from cards based on animals and seasons and other natural things to the standard 52 card French deck we play with today just boggles the mind. And that is a topic for another episode. It is widely believed that the first game of Rummy was Mexican in origin. The Chinese game of Kan Hu, or a relative of it called Kan Kin, is originally said to include both meld building and trick taking, but as the years passed and the game was adopted by their cultures, the trick taking aspect faded away and the more familiar Rummy gameplay of drawing, meld building, and discarding started to become more prevalent more prevalent. The Mexican game that became very popular in the region, so much so that it was documented as a legally acceptable game to play by the Mexican government, was Conquian. The connection between this game and the Chinese game Kan Hu, aside from meld building, is in the name. There are two prevailing thoughts on the origin of Conquian. The first is that the name Conquian is an Hispanization of the Chinese Kankin. The evidence for this is in the recordings of the game as Kun Khan and Kunka. The other theory is that the name Conquian derives from the Spanish Conquien, meaning with whom. With whom referring to the gameplay feature of meld building, as in with which cards may I put these? I choose to think, as most things regarding language and culture, that it is a combination of both those factors, and probably more. Konkian is a two-player rummy game, where both players are trying to build a handful of melds. This game looks a lot like Jin Rummy. In fact, Jin is considered a direct descendant of Konkian. But let's start with the most basic form of rummy as it is played today. It's important to remember that card games are incredibly regional. Because of the nature of how games are learned and taught, there are tons of slight variations for all of the major games, let alone the lesser known ones. Much of my frame of reference for card games comes from growing up in Ohio. In fact, the game of Euchre is almost exclusively played in my neck of the woods. This is one of the most interesting things about classic games. Even the name of the game can change based on where you are. The game of Bid Euchre, 
my preferred way to play, is probably better known as Pepper. The scoring is just a bit different, but the game is very much the same. Look forward to more about that in a future episode. So let's just start with what most people call Rummy. Specifically, better named Rummy 500, also known as 500 Rum. There's a good chance that this is the first Rummy game, maybe even your first real card game, that you were introduced to. Players are given seven cards, and the goal of the game is to be the first player to go out by getting all of their cards into melds. A card is drawn and discarded each turn, and players place their melds out on the table as they are formed. Once a player discards their final card, the hand is over. Players earn points for the melds played on the table, and they lose points for the cards still in their hand. This is an excellent game for teaching meld building, and with the added rule that a player may lay off on other people's melds, the game is quite spicy, because every time you lay a meld, you are possibly giving others at the table a chance to get rid of more cards. So one strategy for this game is to hold your melds as long as possible, but that's risky because you could get stuck with all those cards in your hand because somebody else went out first, so it's a trade-off. 500 Rum is the perfect place to start with younger players, and from here the games can get more complex. Starting from the standard gameplay feature of meld building, Rummy games diverge into different types from there. Contract Rummy games are games that require the players to complete specific meld objectives, or contracts, that must be fulfilled in order to win the game. Continental is a very fun contract game to play. Starting out, each player is dealt six cards, and in order to complete the hand, a player must be the first to meld two sets, called trios. Once that win condition is met, a player may lay down their cards and begin to go out, discarding their final card. Even though players start off with a predetermined amount of cards, gameplay rules allow for penalty cards to be drawn and hands to grow in size. Players may also play on melds once they are placed on the table. This is a wonderful combination of 500 rum and gin rummy. Speaking of gin, that leads us to the next rummy type, knock rummy. Knock rummy games are games that require players to build a complete hand of melds before the cards are shown. Gin rummy is a fantastic example of a knocking game. In fact, gin is my most absolute favorite game to play right now. It is simple enough to pick up, but there are some real strategies and tactics to learn in order to really master the game. And the fact that it is a game for two players makes it really playable, unlike other rummy games that require three or more players to be truly fun. I'm really looking forward to the gin episode of the podcast. And speaking of gin, if that's a game for you, if gin is your jam, then I would really like to play with you. I'm on cardgames.io as well as a few different gin apps. I will put links to all that in the description of the episode. So one more knocking example is Indian Rummy, also known as Paplu. It is an extremely popular game in India. And in fact, the word Rummy over there is synonymous with this game, not 500 Rum. And if you're getting tired of 500 rum and really want to shake things up, 
it's time to try Indian Rummy. This game is suited for three or more players, with most gameplay explanations offering rules for games of 10 people. Although the rules allow for two-player games, it's just not the same. This game is definitely best for large groups of people. Indian Rummy uses two decks and two jokers for games involving two to six players. Once you have more than six players, it's time to add a third deck and another joker. Jokers are wild, and there's always another wild card chosen before the hand. This version of Rummy definitely has more of a party game feel. And our last family is the Canasta family. You cannot really talk about meld building games without talking about Canasta. Originally referred to in the United States as Argentine Rummy, Canasta was born in Uruguay and slowly trickled its way north. Canasta games form their own branch of the Rummy family because they are games that are played with partners. The two creators of Canasta were originally big bridge players, but they wanted a game that wasn't quite as complex or thinky as bridge. So they created Canasta as a way to warm up before their bridge games. So as we look at Rummy and the different branches of the Rummy family, we are not only traveling through time, but around the world as well. With the creation of Konkian in the early 1850s, to Gin Rummy in the early 1900s, Canasta in the late 1930s, all the way to the modern day popularity of Rummy in India, and let's not forget about Bézique in France and the origin of the word Rummy itself, most likely deriving from a British slang word meaning weird or odd. Rummy card games are truly a worldwide phenomenon. And as with all of the basic gameplay features, meld building has found its way into modern day commercial games as well. Companies like Mattel did not hesitate to capitalize on the popularity of card games. There is a good chance that tucked away in a closet or in a drawer is a copy of Phase 10. Phase 10 is a commercial contract rummy game that normally runs from about $5 to $10 and is based on Liverpool Rummy. This game was first published in 1982 and as of 2016, it has sold over 62 million copies, putting it in second place only behind Uno. Commercial games like Phase 10 are kind of a double-edged sword in my eyes. On the, on the one hand, it could be said that Phase 10 makes a more complex game like Contract Rummy more approachable and accessible. And there is a stigma attached to playing cards, especially among the more conservative. Playing cards connection to gambling and fortune telling and the ruffians who takes and the ruffians who take part in those activities certainly dampen the use and spread of card games in certain parts of history. So taking a game that could be played with a standard deck of cards and making it its own standalone product could help its status as a game be seen as less contentious. Uh, another great example of this is the game Rook, that's actually pretty old, and the Rook playing card deck was actually designed for people involved in the Puritan sect of Christianity, giving them a way to play 
a game without using what they considered a tool of more nefarious means. However, I don't know if I agree with a company packaging a product and selling it for twice the price of a deck of cards that a family most likely already has in their house. But perhaps I should look at it more positively and just consider games like Phase 10 and Uno a good gateway for people to get into other classic forms of gaming. An interesting commercial variation of Rummy is known as Five Crowns. Now, this is the game I can get behind. This particular game is a contract Rummy variant that does something very special. It actually adds a fifth suit, the Star Suit, to the game. Now, this is interesting because there is a little known history regarding playing cards, including a fifth suit, that we will be taking a look at in a future episode. Five Crowns is a product worth buying because while the contract rules are standard to other contract rummy games, owning a deck with a fifth suit is a worthwhile piece for any game collection, or card collection for that matter. The meld building mechanic transcends cards. It can also be found in tile games, such as Mahjong and a more modern game known as Rummy Cube. Rummy Cube is another one of those commercial classics that has found its way into homes all across America. In this version, players manage tiles with numbers printed on them, and melds are played in a community space in the center of the table. Melds may be manipulated, added to, and removed from in order to help players go out. Now, Rummy Cube was actually created in Israel, and the first Rummy Cube sets were made by hand. As the popularity of Rummy Cube grew, the game was mass-produced and exported to other countries, and it became a bestseller in the U.S. in the 1970s. And it is Rummy Cube that really brings this whole thing full circle. Meld building began with tile games in ancient China. It worked its way around the world with the help of card manufacturing, cards being much easier to carry than tile sets. And after hundreds of years of travel, Rummy found its way back to the tile and shared with the world through mass production. It truly is a wondrous thing. If you found this episode helpful, educational, entertaining, or any other positive adjective, please consider joining the Clubhouse over on Patreon. We have a lot of fun over there, and I truly believe the Clubhouse can be something great. In a time when meeting larger groups of people face-to-face seems like it will never happen again, we can recreate the Card Club atmosphere online. Thanks for listening, and see you next episode, where we'll be taking a closer look at trick-taking games. And this is Mark, signing off.